0: In the following podcast, we talk about mental health. If you are worried about yours or somebody else's mental health, the best place to get help is your GP or your local mental health provider. However, if you or somebody else is in danger or endangering others, then please call police immediately on 111. There are plenty of organisations, Lifeline, Youthline, Kidsline, WhatsApp, Depression Helpline, all who will help you. Please reach out.
1: Popper with Constable Brian.
0: Real people, real stories. Right, so my guest today is uh, Jackson Shuri. He is currently at the rank of detective in the Waitemata district. Uh, 14 years in the police. He joined when he was 19. He must have recruited him when he was at kindy um father of two husband depression survivor sufferer and as rob masters told me he's one of the good guys nice. so take that uh from another guest yes. on the Cappuccino because uh, we had rob on a couple of weeks ago so the first thing i do is we do a pop quiz hot shot dedicated to the movie speed which i think is the okay. ultimate cop movie all right uh you can't disagree with me because counter reeves is both in bill and ted <laughs> john wick uh the matrix is unbelievable it's anyway, been a right. long time since i've watched that one yeah yeah exactly right so have you ever had something happen to you to this day that you cannot explain? And it's okay to pass. Pass? I can't think oh, of anything. All good. Uh, if you weren't a cop, you would be? Probably a pilot. Nice. Ah, uh, well, perhaps not at the moment. No, yeah, no. Shout out to all the pilots doing it tough in the COVID times. Uh, your favourite police movie of all time is What? Can't go past police academy movies. Mm, yeah. No. Yeah. Hightower. Uh, what talent do you have that you can't use in your current job?
1: Uh, believe it or not, um, when I was about 19 or 20, I did a whole heap of rock and roll dancing. Nice. Which I you definitely go. don't have to well, yeah. use for. <laughs> uh,
0: last book that you have read? Um,
1: it's a Jason Bourne book. I um, can't remember the title, but uh,
0: just finishing it actually, nice. as we speak. Good work. Uh, if you could be anybody else for 24 hours, what, who and what would you be? Um,
1: I'd probably be, he's passed away now, Kobe Bryant, because I'm a massive NBA fan.
0: Yeah, so all the Lakers stickers on your car, um, which <laughs> makes me wonder why I'm even talking to you as a Boston Celtics fan, but <laughs> we'll leave that for next time. Uh, Favourite coffee? Do you drink coffee?
1: No, I don't drink coffee.
0: That's all right. And uh, what's been your career-defining moment for you? in the police, the moment where you go and man, you know, I've done an awesome job there. Um, I've, in terms of a case as a detective, yeah. um,
1: one case particularly stands out and it's not one you would find in the papers or anything. Um, and there was a young girl who was sexually assaulted and, um, we went to two trials and we got big convictions on the second trial, Yeah, And I uh, really helped her out in getting her to a new school, which is happy in that. Um, I always think of that one as probably my most satisfying nice. uh, case that I've worked on.
0: Great work. So you graduate from the Royal New Zealand Police College or Club Med Parirua, it's its name. Yep. Can you remember your first day on the job and what it was like? Where'd you go? Um,
1: It wasn't overly exciting. I remember um, hanging out with one of the senior guys and he took me for a ticket tour around the district, uh, North Shore. Um, just did a, a tour of the all well, the famous... Beaches on the North Shore, <laughs> and all the local haunts, uh, criminal haunts, um, and nothing of note actually happened. It was mm. pretty low key. Well, no,
0: there's nothing wrong with that. Good way to start. Uh, you spent how long on the front line before you decided to become a detective?
1: All up, I think okay. I was about five, five years. Yeah. Um, then I started as a constable attachment on a child protection team. Beautiful. Uh, Henderson. What was the appeal of
0: joining the CIB for you?
1: Um, well, I worked in investigations, uniform investigations, beforehand and really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I just took a, sort of, a shine to it from there and have really enjoyed it since and
0: still do. So. Yeah. Now, sadly, in 2009, you have your first close-up experience with suicide um, as a frontline cop, What most of us have had. Um, and at the time, you were unsure why somebody younger than you would want to do such a thing and years later, you go through your own mental pain, um, and you said that you've since battled the same voices possibly as that young person was battling then. Um, when all of that sort of start first started to happen uh, after that incident, you, um, in some of the interviews I've read, a bit, read you say that that was kind of your trigger point. Did you realize at the time, or was it just sort of, we've done the job we're moving on like most cops do?
1: Yeah, it was uh, more of that. Um. I did the job, had three days off um, which were rostered and went back to work and um, sort of popped up maybe a year later, some anxiety issues but nothing too major yeah. and it wasn't the, the big trigger but it was certainly a trigger
0: yeah. of things. And all it takes is a lot of little triggers eh? yeah. and then next thing you know the rocks have become boulders. Mm. Um, now, to those who've never suffered depression or anxiety, in hindsight, or at the very at the very beginning, what does it look like, or what did it look like to you? Can you remember? Um,
1: I do remember, um, and some of this is in hindsight, of yep. course. Um, for me, it was I was quite withdrawn, um, socially withdrawn. Sort of prefer to stand in the corner and s- talk to no one. Yep. Um, hated going out to social events. Just prefer to stay inside. Um, sort of changes in behaviour, like generally i'm quite outgoing, like to get out and about um, to do things. Um, some of the things I really enjoyed I just had no energy for, yeah, and quite lethargic and fatigued um, at times um, yeah no no motivation yeah that, that was initially that was the the first sort of signs um There, there was a lot of other things I went through after
0: that, but that, yeah, that was pretty much the first sort of signs. Um, so you said, the, like we said, the event was probably the trigger point for you with your, some of your struggles, even with the counselling sessions and talking to your mates and psych sessions and everything else, is there anything that you would have done differently now, do you think, maybe to stop the sort of, I'm not going to say wave uh, coming, but um, stop some of the, the harder stuff for you? In, the- um,
1: in the hindsight, I wished I knew more about mental health yeah. and what the symptoms are, because um, I that sort of over my late teens early 20s experienced pockets of it no, yep. nothing that sort of changed my um, way of life or quality of life yep. um but yeah so i wanted to know more and to get help a bit earlier um yeah if i got onto med- your yeah, medication for example earlier yep. um it potentially would have softened a lot of things i'd yeah. say
0: and i think that's the same with a lots of um uh mental issues i'm going to call them for one of a bit of two words but you know um i've suffered ptsd myself and at the time i didn't know i just thought hey that's kind of weird uh but like you say if you can educate yourself a little bit no then you're off on a good start i guess um then we roll ahead five years uh you have a complicated birth of your first daughter you're studying for your detective exams and your depression begins to ramp up so you go and see your gp and you get some meds and did you get a diagnosis at the time or not? Um, yeah,
1: no, I do remember him saying, i um, pretty sure you've got some form of depression. Yeah. So that was the first time I've sort of heard the word uh, for myself. Yeah. Um, I've heard of people being depressed for not knowing what it meant. Yeah. Um, and then that, yeah, things started to make a,
0: a lot more sense. Yeah, because lots of people, lots of guests I've spoken to who have been depression sufferers say that when they get their diagnosis, it's almost like... Oh, that's what's wrong yeah. with me, so to speak. Did you yeah. get that type of feeling? Essentially, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean it was early days and I was you know, there was a lot to, to come and to learn.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it was certainly, yeah, starting to make a, a bit more sense.
0: Did you worry about the stigma
1: at work? Um, I did a little bit. Um yeah, I didn't certainly didn't tell a whole lot of people. Yeah. Um and but in yeah, my worries were quickly quelled. I remember my supervisor at the time, um was really good um he he wasn't fussed about it and said yeah no worries you know what do you need from us type thing and yeah. that really helped and yeah so that is got my confidence I told a, a few more people here and there but um yeah no, I was worried
0: yeah and I mean how do you address it because it's not something like you go and to see your supervisor and say uh, hey by the way boss um <clears throat> yeah. I've got a head cold yeah. and I'll be off for the next couple of days is it yeah yeah, um, uh, and it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a hard
1: one to explain and I think it's a hard one to understand if you don't haven't dealt with it yourself or knowing someone who's dealt with it, yeah um, yeah, because yeah, I didn't know much about it myself um, and going in telling someone i'm depressed, but then there's that stigma, yeah, of course that is still sort of around, yeah um,
0: particularly with your field
1: of work as well yeah I think so, yeah, I think it's definitely got a lot better, yeah, and I've been lucky enough to have really good supervisors who have yeah. um, understood it and.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And there's also that thing of I think lots of New Zealanders look at um depression and think, Oh John Cohen did such an amazing job yeah. with depression. But yeah. that's not what I've got so I can't be depressed and I yeah. don't think they realise there's different shades of gray for depression. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And actually on John Cohen that was one of the first things I did when I thought I might have had it was come onto his website yeah. and watch his videos which were very useful. Oh, that's great.
0: Uh, now, there's a clinically proven link to insomnia and depression and anxiety as well, um, as my, one of my earlier guests, Gwendolyn, Dr. Gwendolyn Smith, would say. And sadly, by July 2017, you are beginning to get all of these pretty much yeah. at the same time, aren't you? And you've said that, uh, like you said previously, your self-esteem was at an all-time low, you hated yourself, you felt like a failure, you hated social events, and your thoughts were basically filled with guilt and regret. And you mentally started planning your own death. Yeah. Did anybody around you pick up on how low and depressed you were or not? Um, not the
1: extent of it, just that something wasn't quite right. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's a weird one because that kind of stuff didn't just happen overnight. It was a gradual, real gradual, almost unnoticed, like you'd notice it if you hadn't seen me for a while. Yeah. If you're living with me, you might not notice it as much because yeah. it's so gradual, um, to the point I was, I had enough of it, and basically thought I need to get some help here.
0: Yeah. This, is, this is not going well. What would you say to somebody at the same low, oh, sorry, what would you say to somebody who was at, at the same low now as you were in 2017? What, what advice would you give them to come out of the rabbit hole, so um, to speak? Yeah, there's
1: lots of things that, that worked uh, for a period of time for the phase I was in, um, but the main sort of two or three things is and it's very really cliched, um, is it's okay to feel that way, yeah. like it's okay to be it's okay. Yeah. Um and it, it's not you know, it's not weak to ask for help or weak to speak as it's been called. Yeah. Um and the main thing is to to stick with it. You know, there's been plenty of days where I thought I'm never gonna get through it but you just gotta pick yourself up and dust yourself off and keep going. Yeah.
0: Um yeah. What do you think? New Zealand males in general are so crap at talking about their mental health. I mean, if we get a footy injury, first want to tell all of our mates, <laughs> hey, look at the size of this bruise, you know. Holy hell, Arnold Schwarzenegger himself must have jumped from a 50-storey building and landed on my chest. That's massive. But with our mental health, it's just tucked away. You know? Yeah,
1: it, it's something I've thought about a lot, and there's no sort of definitive answer, but I think it, it's tied in with... Um, that macho male sort of image that you want to portray to your friends or the society or whoever you're with. Because, yeah. um, you know, talking about emotions, I don't feel you know too well, I'm feeling sad, um, etc. Um, it, it shouldn't be, but um, yeah. at times it's, you know, deemed a sign of weakness and yeah. should take the heart and up approach, which you know, a lot of people have, including myself, yeah. for, for a time. Yeah. Um, and I remember, yeah, clearly telling myself to, to get over myself yeah. <laughs> quite a few times, yeah. um, which, which is not, not the way.
0: So. No, which is a stock standard New Zealand male mm. response and things like, oh, come on bud, you need to toughen up, to yeah. get on with it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And talking to lots of other people who have been depressed or they've had um, issues, they say, you know, if somebody had actually listened to me, yeah. rather than just sort of yeah. giving me a cliched answer, I might have been home. Um, you said that you spent many nights on your backstep just crying and pleading and praying for it to all stop. Um, and you've since said during this, uh, podcast that, you know, there was a point where you just went, look, enough's enough. Can you remember when that point was? Can you remember when you sort of got like a little bit of sunshine and went, this is it? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it
1: was a tricky, it's a tricky one cause there was, it was at that point where it was, it was harder than, yeah, sorry. It was darker, yeah um, more often than not yeah. um, in terms of my feelings. Um, but I knew sort of deep down that you know we're not supposed to be feeling like this, yeah. you know we're you know born to live live life yeah. not not the opposite um I just yeah, just knew that it was wrong, Well, not wrong, but I, life shouldn't be like this, you because know, on paper I had, have a good life and I do have a good life, you know, married kids, good job, you yeah, live in my own house, that yeah. kind of thing um and it's like i should shouldn't be feeling like this, um, yeah. and it is. I think I just had enough good in my life and still in my life to, to sort of strengthen up my resilience to actually I need to get on top of this.
0: Often wives and close friends don't notice any change in outward appearances uh, when their wife, husband, or partner is suffering um, with mental health issues. Did your wife have any inkling what was going on, did, or was it?
1: She did, um, but not to the extent. Um, it was. Uh, I think you said, July 2017 or so It was right around yeah. that time I actually Started telling you yeah. Exactly what I was feeling
0: Yeah
1: Because um, like a lot of people um, Who are depressed You become quite High functioning So you can still Operate Yeah So you know I remember working Big operations Quite depressed But just Getting on with things Because yeah. I had to Yeah know, had Responsibilities And and stuff So um, yeah It's a A really tricky Illness Because it does Can be hidden
0: Quite well Yeah so I was back into your supervisor's office, back to the psych and back to the GP asking for help. Yeah. Um, how humbling is that experience?
1: Um. It was, yeah, very humbling. And the more I went back, especially after saying, you yeah, I'm doing quite well, um, it was actually got harder because yep. I you know, really wanted to be well, but then I was like, I'm really not. Yep. Um, and it was, yeah, it was quite hard asking for help over and over again. Yeah. Um, but unnecessary. Um well, not unnecessary evil, just
0: something I had to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah for your own well-being. Yeah. Uh, and now anybody has been on any type of medication now it's, knows it's hard to come off meds. But from what I hear, um, from some of my other guests and yourself and a few press interviews, I read antidepressants in particular are really rough to come off. Um, yeah. And when you went back and saw your doc and your psyching supervisors, you obviously had a change. Yeah. When you were changed, you drop off your meds, you change your meds to yeah. try and get everything to balance up. Um, how tough was that for you when you changed your meds and you were doing that um, cycle?
1: Incredibly, incredibly tough. Uh, the next sort of five to six weeks was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, So I went for what it's worth off citalopram, which was quite a standard antidepressant onto a high dose of venlafaxine and just everything went out the window. Um, You know, I actually felt like I was going crazy for a yeah. period of time. Um high, high anxiety, which I've never experienced before. Um, panic would set in for no reason at all. Um, yeah, and then the physical symptoms, um, just massive fatigue and tiredness and everything else. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, lots of sort of suicidal ideation sort of um, spiked. Um, was talking about it like, after the fact is was sort of described as quite a numbing had to take a few steps back to yeah. take a few more forward type scenario um, and I knew I had to be done, I just had to get through it but yeah, certainly it wasn't easy.
0: No. Yeah, you're obviously in a much better place now yeah. and it took some real courage to come forward and tell your story. Um, I can remember the day that it came out in the Herald because you and I were working together at that time I think uh, and going, holy hell, um, what was that like for you when it hit the Herald and the other news feeds? Um, yeah.
1: It was... Really good because I had um numerous emails and you know, people across paths with saying yeah well done and stuff and yeah. it was really quite humbling because um I think it was good for a couple reasons for my own personal benefit to you know feel the love I guess but um to em- emphasise that it's, you know it's, I'm not the only one yeah. and you know, it's okay yeah um and, and to you know quite a few people said you know thanks for that I've been struggling lately you know. Um, didn't want to speak out that kind of thing but you've encouraged me to do that so it was you know beneficial for that reason as well okay. um, but yeah it was it was great but difficult at the same time because I wanted to reply to everyone and then yeah. um, so it was quite tiring at the same time because yeah. I, I was doing pretty well but not I wouldn't say I was 100% at that point
0: yeah. um but
1: yeah no it was good
0: though was and good. I know that you had an inspector of forty two years service read your story and then he went to go get some help so that speaks yeah exactly. volumes yeah. um were you worried about the stigma of being what you were and who you were when when all those things um, broke out and particularly uh, i mean but well, let's be honest particularly within the police because we're a fairly sort of we like to portray ourselves as a fairly rugged hard bunch mm. were you a bit worried about the stigma I,
1: I was um yeah, you there know, there'll be days I'm, I wouldn't be worried but there were certainly days where I was worried because you know I'm in the long game for this job yeah. and um, you know I certainly want to promote at some point in the CIB and I was worried about the flow on effects you know yeah. especially going public um, you know whether I can handle a new promotion or something even though I might be you know well for a few years there's always that sort of tag and I know I you know, hear of stories people not getting jobs, whether it be in private sector or you know, yep. police or anything, um, because of their mental health or um, their historical mental health. Um, so that did did worry me a little bit. Um, I'm not too worried about it now because um,
0: yeah, it's just a, a part of me now. Yep. And,
1: yeah, that is what, what it is. It's not the end of the world
0: type no, thing, so. Not wrong. So one of my previous guests, a, a guest a man called Matt Kelman, whose book I'm going to suggest that you read, said uh he when he sort of announced his depression to people uh he almost became like a depression whisperer uh and that it was almost like people around him were like okay now i'm free and easy to talk about my own mental health um complete uh along along with strangers who would come up to him and go hey i've just read about your story um I'll oh, let me give you some of my mental health um, issues as well. Was that your experience as well?
1: Yeah, it was not so much in a, a public, sort of random meeting, yeah. like out in the mall or something, but I did have a few Facebook messages, um, you yeah, know, from various people, and most of them just would send one message saying, "I've struggled with it. Thanks yeah. for sharing." Um There were a um, couple people who continually messaged, which, which was fine. You know, yeah. it was obviously what was needed for them but that, that was challenging because it's, it's like I've done my, oh, my thinking was I've done my, but I just want to you know, I'm still dealing with this stuff yeah so yeah so it, it was challenging um for a different you know number of reasons but um it was fine yeah it's a,
0: a day by day game hey? yeah it's a long game yeah what do you do speaking of day by day what do you do to keep yourself in check and healthy every day Yeah.
1: um I'm at the point now uh, first time a long time I can say I feel normal um so I make sure i take my medication <laughs> i've got a reminder on my phone at eight o'clock um and yeah, it's just the little things like getting good sleep getting a good diet and good exercise uh, but not i found when i was was struggling sort of medically um i went sort of a bit too much with the fitness with the diet with the sleep and it's just finding that balance which works for each person and it's just a matter of being aware of it keeping those good you know practices in in place um and and not being too too hard on yourself if you have a bad day yeah
0: one of those key messages that you came out with was that your message is really simple uh look after yourself don't be afraid to seek out help even if it takes several times of asking do you think that your message has changed in any way shape or form since Um, you came forward or not?
1: not not really you know there's certainly things um that I've used techniques I've used for a short period of time, uh, but the core one that's remained constant throughout is, um, and I'll add another one actually is you know, asking for help. It's okay to feel this way. Yeah. Um. But another one is not to be too hard on yourself. Yeah. Because um, I've always, um, for whatever reason, had very high standards for myself even from a young age. Yeah. And I didn't reach those sort of goals, I guess. Um, I was quite quite harsh to myself, and it's still. Loiters in the background, um, about that sort of mentality, but, um, yeah, it's important to when you well, not even fails, probably not the right word, but have those perceived failures to the, yeah, it's
0: okay, yeah, you know, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah. What is it? Um, when you fail, pick yourself up, dust yeah. yourself off, and yeah. yeah, carry on. Exactly right. So when I first spoke to you about doing this podcast, you were like, yeah, and we were because it gets obviously it gets really taxing, yeah, and it does. does. Yeah. A truckload of podcasts and everything else. Um, and to be fair you've become a bit of a poster boy for mental health and the police mm. as well are there days where you just go please just leave me alone and let me press on because yeah. I'm sick of talking about it this it has
1: been days yeah. um, I'm not Um, I'm fine with it now yeah. Um, I don't sort of actively go out and try and talk to everyone about it you know if an opportunity presents itself I will share yeah. it yeah. Um, but I don't actively go hey do you want to what i've been through yeah um and and i sort of like um try and speak my sort of emotions like if i'm feeling unmotivated in the office just to say oh, i'm not feeling motivated today. yeah um and yeah just as an encouragement for other people to say the same if they're you know because it's we have those days yeah um and yeah so i did definitely did for a while i was like oh i just want to yeah get back to normal but it's you know it's fine i had a pretty good year last year um and having a better year this year so it's i'm sort of just going to leave it to one side and if it pops up you know i'll deal with it yep. you know that situation um and yeah i've never never
0: said no actually to any opportunities so as well you shouldn't well i mean yeah 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 uh, you've gone on to do video campaigns public speaking if i said to you that you were going to end up on stage with Zach Franich talking about mental health, <laughs> you probably would have that. gone, yeah, no, nah, hang on, maybe not. Yeah, uh, press interviews and podcasts. What has the reaction from the public to you coming forward been like? I mean, I'm, you've spoken about what it was like with your workmates and yeah. police colleagues, but what was the reaction from members of the public with you coming um, forward? Because really, I mean,
1: really yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so I had there's two, three I can remember. Um, so the day after the Herald article, I was out my car from the mechanics and the receptionist, benched it and said, you know, really well done, thanks for that. Um, and then there's another guy who rang me actually, um, a stranger, um, and he just yeah, thanked me for, you know, sharing it he was struggling with similar things and he was, you know, 40 years older than me, yeah. um, which was quite encouraging and um, I actually had one of my victims who went to that, um, that stage sort of thing you referred to. Um, She'd see me there and then say that she was a victim for one of my files. Then she, you know, found it quite reassuring. Um, and it was reassuring knowing you know I can tell them,
0: you know, know what you're feeling, you're yeah. depressed and so forth. Um, so yeah, overall pretty good. So. Yeah. Now our mutual friend Genevieve Moore from Voices of Hope. Yeah. Uh, i and she's been a podcast previously. She says sometimes when she talks, it doesn't feel like her that she's talking about. Because yeah. she's come so far. Um, do you feel the same Sundays? Do you feel like you're talking about another type of Jackson?
1: Yeah, yeah, because uh, um, I remember thinking sort of during that period um, that I've really changed as a person because of it and I'm, you know, real introverted now and I, I still probably am. Um, you know, I've quite enjoyed the lockdown period um, <laughs> to be honest, but, you know, there's certainly um, when I look at how far I've, I've come I definitely sort of feel like it was Know, Jackson
0: 1.0 type yeah. thing um, yeah absolutely yeah now it's always going to be a monitor and check situation as it is for all of us to be fair um, do you worry that if you get another traumatic incident or experience at work uh, or maybe in your private life that it's going to tip you over and you're
1: going to um, at the
0: bottom of the roller coaster so to speak I do and I
1: don't um, I do because it's obviously yeah, part of experience a traumatic experience for okay. for everyone yeah um, but I don't because I you know I'm quite well medicated at the moment and I've um, got all the skills I need it seems yeah um, yeah and the medication I think from what I understand helps with those stress resilience yeah. especially and stuff and I've noticed you know when I've experienced the last couple of years the various stressful events that we all have you know, especially with kids yeah finances all that has things that were a big deal, you know, two, three years ago, little things are not a big deal at all yeah. now, um, so I'm sort of confident I'll be able to manage most
0: scenarios. And you've obviously worked on um, strategies and skills with the people that have been helping you out, so yeah. that you can, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I've, yeah, I've got little, um, at the
1: the worst of it, I had a, a, a life contract that I signed, mm-hmm. where I sort of agreed to not harming myself, that list of phone numbers, people I can talk to and stuff. Um, I don't have, well, I still have that, um, but I don't refer to it because yeah. I'm not in that sort of no. point, but I've, you know, certainly got little measures and um, I'm quite comfortable saying, you know, actually I don't feel like doing that today.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. That kind of thing. So. And there, like you say, there are lots and lots of strategies. Um, you can go to the Mental Health Foundation, a whole bunch of different charities that'll do stuff, for, from stuff that's as simple as box breathing. Yeah. I would you've ever heard of that too uh all the way down to sort of you know um here's what you need to do to plan your way to try and come out of this and who you need to yeah, talk to yeah 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 so yeah so Absolutely. uh i did the, i do this with all of my guests who have had mental health issues so i say i'm asking advice for my friend uh if you think that you might they might be depressed or anxious where's the best place to start to get help i think opinion? um the gp
1: yep. um because they it's all on confidence um for starters and well, although they're not a psychiatrist they um they do know enough to where to send you if you need mm-hmm. to specialist help um and that they, they can certainly refer for you to your know, community mental health team and the local mental health team in uh, rodney were really good when i went under them for a few months yeah so, and i was really it was a really difficult phone call to make um but i was actually quite surprised if i might say yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and they were really good um so you know th- there is a lot of help out there and i think yeah a good place to start is a gp because he or she is you know, in confidence not gonna no. share gossip i guess yeah about your your health um, and yeah they'll be able to give you a you know, variety of options that you can use because um, not not everyone has the same sort of recovery
0: no you're exactly right no um if you were a partner or a family member um, and you thought that maybe your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, your partner, um, see all of the above, um, was suffering from a mental health issue, what advice would you give them? Because so you very often hear people say, oh, it's really hard, you can't drag a horse to water and make it mm, drink.
1: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, it's important to set like sort of foundations, um, fallback options, I can call it that um you know to simply say look i'm here for you it appears you're struggling i'm happy to talk you know i won't judge you that kind of thing um and so i found that the fear of judgment was quite a big factor holding back because um i was worried that people would think he's just been silly yeah um then so that held me back so knowing that people wouldn't actually judge me even if they didn't understand why well, i was worried about something or whatever Um so that that's good and it's good to install the reasons to live, like I for a while had a goals board that yeah. um well I still do, but at this particular time I'd write down everything I was thankful for in the mornings. And it's actually been on the radio with um, some of the ads for the coronavirus, um, talking about being thankful for things you have, make a thankful list. Yeah. And that can really work just instilling that sort of self worth almost. Um that when in the real dark times you just got enough to, to keep on going. Yeah. Um and amongst, them, yeah, a lot of other things.
0: But, yep. Yeah. Now, lots of people do physical challenges or amazing fundraisers or something else when they sort of, and I'm not going to say come out the other end of depression, but to sort of celebrate getting better. Yeah. Um. Did you do the same or not? I, no, I haven't. Um, I really want to. Um, There's been... There's one up on your goals board. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, can, I can see you mentally looking at the board. I, I
1: see it sort of every so often cause it's... Been... Beside the computers, you that, want to tell us? Yeah, do a half Ironman. Um, but my counsellor always shakes her head because I always aim massively yeah. high. So yeah. somewhere between half Ironman or some kind of triathlon. Um, mainly because I, I like running. I don't mind cycling. I hate swimming. Um, there's a lot of swimming, unfortunately, in those events. But yeah. more to just because to show people that you know there was days where I was just flat on the couch, tired as anything. Not you know going from be able to run five kilometres, ten kilometres easily to struggling to walk around the block in a matter of two, three weeks. Um, just show you, you know, you can actually get up off the couch and get back to
0: I'm gonna give you Matt Calman's phone because his first thing was he was gonna do a coast to oh. coast. <laughs> all right. So yeah, so <laughs> how about he? yeah, I'm sure he's gonna have some good tips. Uh finally, the last question we always ask of all of our guests is this. It's your day of reckoning and you are lying in the coffin, but for some strange reason you can hear <laughs> everybody talking about what an amazing person Jackson is. What would you want people to say about Jackson on your last day here? Oh, that's Hurts something tough. I've
1: actually have thought about, yeah. um, and have worried about, um, when I have not been feeling so well. And, um, I like that thing is something along the lines of, you know, worked hard, put people first, took care of his family and his friends and gave something back to the community.
0: Um, yeah, was a good colleague in the police force and something along those lines yeah, yeah awesome good stuff all right so stay tuned to the end of the podcast i'm going to announce uh some places you can go to seek help uh if you do have some mental health issues or we've got some family members who are as well as our um prizes that we're going to give away courtesy of tactical solutions so jackson thank you very much like rob no master says you are really one of the good guys nice. um, thank, you. thank you for taking the step forward And please keep telling people your story because I think that uh, the more particularly blokes hear about this, uh, the better because I've been amazed um, just me talking about it and I've never suffered, apart from, well, I say that, but apart from my PTSD uh, a little bit, the more I talk about it, the more I find that other people start Mm. to talk about it and hopefully we can knock down the barriers and get a little bit smarter like Jen and Jazz are and be like the females and start talking. So please keep it up. Awesome. Absolutely. No worries. So you want to win a boonie hat and a camel pack water bottle from our uh, good friends at Tactical Solution then it's this simple simply go to the Cappuccino podcast Instagram like the Instagram account and then tell us what's been your favorite episode of the Cappuccino podcast so far so again just head towards the Instagram Cappuccino podcast all one word like the page and then tell us in the comment section about what's been your favourite episode so far of the Cappuccino podcast. And, of course, a very special thanks to our friends at Tactical Solutions Limited for supporting the Cappuccino podcast.
1: Cappuccino with Constable Brian. Real people, real stories. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss his next podcast.